This episode of Upstream in Perspective is brought to you by our companies and transaction service, which provides valuable insights into companies and transactions trends and developments taking place across the EMP value chain. Learn more about these services at www.ihsmarket.com energy. Welcome to the IHS Market Energy Podcast. In each episode, our team of experts explore the complex environment that shapes the global energy markets. Backed by IHS Market's industry-leading energy information, analytics, and insights. Here's our host of today's show. I'm your host for today's show, Kieran Sangara. Joining me today on the podcast is Dan Pratt and Lyle Brinker. Dan and Lyle are both senior directors of the Companies and Transactions Research Team. We are at the Global Upstream Mergers and Acquisitions Review in London, where Dan and his team presented on the global trends within the mergers and acquisitions market. They'll be sharing some key takeaways from today's event. Let's start with the topic of deal flow. We've seen that deal flow around the world is shifting. I saw in a recent IHS market report that the upstream deal value for Europe increased substantially from 2016 to 2017. What should we expect for European mergers and acquisitions activity in 2018? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, we did see a pickup in, in M&A activity in Europe in 2017. Uh, we saw quite a number of private equity-backed players uh, enter the space, as well as some large acquisitions, particularly Total MERS. So 2017 uh, was a significant step up in M&A activity. In fact, uh, in the second half of 2017, we saw more M&A activity uh, in the North Sea than we saw in the Permian Basin uh, in the U.S. Uh, that said, I don't think you quite see that level of activity going forward. Uh, we would expect to see maybe some smaller deals get done in and around the North Sea. Uh, there is the potential for a very large merger out there, uh, the letter 1 BASF potential merger uh, with Wintershaw. Uh, so that could be a very impactful and sizable one. Uh, but other than that, I think you will probably see uh, a little bit of a slowdown and maybe some smaller deals than what we've seen in the last 12 months or so. There is a large inventory of opportunities on the market, but the quality of those opportunities is mixed. Can you talk about some of the regions you believe are key targets for buyers this year? Sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you look at just the trends the last several years, I mean, obviously North America has been anywhere 50 to 60 percent of total transaction value globally the last several years. So uh, we're going to continue to see that going forward. North America will continue to attract uh, buyers. And uh, and I think even within the sector, within North America itself, uh, we'll see M&A activity. We've gone through a period of what I like to call um, acreage building, position building, particularly in the Permian. Uh, and so now we're starting to, I think, transition more to some consolidation uh, within that space. We've already saw a deal this year with Contro and RSP Permian. Um, and so I think we'll start to see a little bit more of some consolidation in, in um, unconventional U.S. Uh, now, obviously, that's not for everybody. So outside of the U.S., uh, we've seen a lot of interest uh, in Brazil, uh, in Mexico, uh, and, and, and those areas will continue to attract capital. Uh, they've been very active bid rounds uh, there. Uh, so expect to see uh, um, a lot of activity uh, and interest in Latin America. 
Um, outside of that, uh, I think it's a little more sporadic. I think um, you know uh, areas across Africa, Asia have challenges uh, um, uh, not only uh, geopolitically but in terms of their regulatory and fiscal regimes. And so there, it's going to take companies who have very kind of focused niche strategies who think they can exploit value out of any of those assets. Uh, so internationally, it's hard to point to any one particular region. I think it's going to be kind of company by company, play by play. Uh, country by country as to where specific companies think they can extract value. Upstream mergers and acquisitions slowed during the second half of 2017. How are oil and gas companies integrating mergers and acquisitions into their corporate strategies in 2018 and beyond? Yes, well, activity did slow. Um, we have seen a lot of the, the larger companies, oil and gas companies, especially the, the, the global international players, are in a process of restocking their, their portfolios uh, for a lower price environment. A lot of their exposure had been at the higher, t- uh, higher cost types of resources, uh, such as oil sands and LNG projects, and they're uh, restocking their portfolio uh, at the lower end of the cost curve, uh, including um, a lot of deep water assets and uh, unconventional assets assets in, in North America where, uh, where, where cost deflation has significantly helped to, to bring down the, the break-even points for some of these assets. Um, nonetheless, they are still constrained to some extent because of, of uh, more limited cash flows in the, in the current oil price environment. But nonetheless, uh, longer term, they will need to continue to uh, balance their portfolios with both short and long cycle opportunities in order to meet the challenges of, of maintaining production and perhaps production growth in the decade ahead. What do you see as some of the major impediments to mergers and acquisitions deal flow in the year ahead? Yeah, well, I think in 2017, one of the things that helped to support increased deal flow and deal activity was that oil prices had recovered or were recovering and were stabilizing. So that uh, provided uh, buyers and sellers with a little bit more confidence in terms of the outlook for for, for pricing, which uh, helps to bring uh, reduce the gap, the price gap between what buyers and sellers are willing uh, to arrange. Um, this year, we have uh, quite a dichotomy of, of drivers in terms of the outlook. I say there's more uncertainty right now with regard to the price of uh, the, the forecast for oil prices even though prices are still in the 60 65 dollar range uh, the futures curve is very backward dated uh, and to an extreme degree looking out for the next two or three years um, uh, based on the futures curve oil prices will decline uh, perhaps by seven eight nine or ten dollars per barrel um, so that provides uncertainty you also have geopolitical uncertainty is, is more of an issue this year given uh, some of the events that are occurring uh, in the Middle East and in Russia and so forth. Uh, You also have on the supply side, uh, because oil prices are higher, that is certainly driving more volume, more activity in North America, which is providing more supply. And of course, uh, the delicate balance that OPEC is trying to achieve uh, with its uh, its supply management. So all these things are creating more uncertainty in terms of price outlook, and that is one thing that is dampening activity right now. Yeah, and I would just add to that, um, you know, one of the things that's very different about this down cycle than previous down cycles is the amount of debt leverage uh, across the industry. Uh, so companies are still trying to deleverage to a certain degree uh, and doing acquisitions, particularly corporate acquisitions, where you have to take on the debt of the buyer uh, and potentially having to sell non-core assets in an already saturated uh, asset uh, market uh, could be very challenging. So that's another hurdle to M&A activity. Which regions look attractive for mergers and acquisitions workflow? 
I think North America, again, um, you know, it sort of depends on, on the play. We're starting to see some consolidation, even in the Permian, with the recent uh, significant deal that was all equity finance with Concho buying RSP Petroleum. We wouldn't be surprised to see more consolidation among the middle and small size players, given that um, a lot of the acreage positions have been established. And, and to extract additional value, you probably need to see uh, additional cost cutting and, and, and combinations of, act, of, of, of companies for additional synergies. and and um, cost management. And some of the emerging plays or other established plays in North America, we wouldn't be surprised to see additional merger activity. Uh, but again, it's uh, as Dan mentioned, the, the debt overhang is one thing that is uh, preventing some of these deals. But nonetheless, um, if there's uh, uh, certainly there, there will be more opportunities. Of course, rising interest rates are another impediment that we didn't mention before, and uh, that is a concern uh, in, in access to capital. There still is plenty of capital available, but not quite as much as we had seen say two or three years ago. Great, thanks both. A big thank you to Dan and Lyle for joining us to share insights on the global mergers and acquisitions markets and what's trending within the market. And of course, you can find further energy insights from our team of experts online 24-7 at www.ihsmarket.com slash energy blog. This podcast contains information and insights copyrighted by IHS Market. To learn more about IHS Market Energy Solutions, visit ihsmarket.com energy. That's ihsmarkit.com forward slash energy.